of the 2A Lifestyle. I want to greatly appreciate you for listening in for another episode. I understand it's been a while, and I promise we're going to make this a little bit more regular. I know uh, if you listened to my last episode, uh, you probably didn't hear anything, because for some fucking reason, um, the fucking, um, I don't know what was going on with the, the new editing software that I have, but for some reason it didn't capture any sound um, in the episode before that. I know, uh, again, this new editing software that I have, it was, you know, whenever I try and get rid of dead airspace, it like compressed it all together and it cut out the beginning of some thoughts and uh, it just compressed it all together and it just, I don't know, it was very shit so i would greatly apologize to every single one of y'all that listens to the podcast um i'm going i'm going back to my old editing software something that i know and uh all that good stuff so uh we shouldn't have those problems so with that let's go ahead uh if you haven't already follow me on social media you'll know follow me on social media that i've been around Uh, i'm just been trying to figure out this new computer editing software all that kind of stuff um, and it's been a learning curve for me, so, uh, but for now, I'm going back to what I know, what I know how to work, all that good stuff, uh, so don't worry about that, uh, this is going to be the same old podcast that you know and love and all that kind of stuff, so follow me on social media and keep up with what's going on in between the podcast episodes, you can follow me everywhere on Facebook, Instagram, uh, on Twitter, though I don't post a lot, uh, on Truth, though I don't post a lot. Uh, you know, Facebook and Instagram is where you can really find me, uh, to keep up with the new stuff. Also, go ahead, if you haven't already hit the subscribe button, um, you know, that's the best way to keep up with new podcasts as they're released. Also, if you can, leave us a review if you're listening on Spotify, you know, all you have to do is just leave the star review. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, I, you know, just if you can, leave just a few words, uh, so that way it kind of like sticks and pops out and, and all that kind of stuff, that's, that's what people, you know, see whenever they're looking for a new podcast, and also if you leave us a review, it's the best way for people to find us when they're looking for new content on their podcast uh, platform. So uh, I really appreciate it. I did see that we had some uh, new reviews, and uh, I'll tell you what, you know, thankfully they left them before uh, the freaking, you know, Armageddon happened with electronics beings and shit. So uh, that way they did uh, leave them after the fact. Uh, I appreciate the reviews that you guys leave. Like I said, any reviews that you guys leave is greatly appreciated. Also, check us out on Patreon. Patreon is just strictly to help, you know, keep this pod, you know, this podcast published. You know, it costs like only $15 a month, I think. So anything you guys give us is greatly appreciated. So with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the main segment and start this show. Big boy, big game, choose a flavor, big toys, big chain, use a hater, Pink Floyd, Butane, excuse me, waiter, we stand on hologram, go like dunk, 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 pay dirt, bushwhacking my way up the tax brackets, Jack, you talking about practice, I'm known as the fastest ever since cash is passed, he slow as molasses, I'm out and I'm brass, I'm swerving. All right, well, if you've listened to this show at any length of time, you would know that we always start every podcast with the shooting sports, and our first story comes to us from 
Ammoland.com published on August 17th, and it's talking about the Hornady zombie match. So if you aren't familiar, uh, Hornady released some like gimmicky ammo. God, man, this has probably been like 10 years ago now. Uh, and they called it zombie ammo, which is basically just a critical defense ammo with just green tipped uh, plastic instead of the traditional Hornady red tipped plastic. Uh, and this happened in Nebraska. So basically uh, what you do is, you know, you just kind of, you know, three gun match uh, or basically you pretend like, you know, they have like little zombie stuff and up there and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, they had it, uh, you know, with uh, different um, different stuff like appendix carries, uh, double single, double action, single action, all that kind of stuff. So it's just a kind of a, a, a fun type little little uh, shooting match that they have. Uh, next article we're going to be talking about uh, talks about from Amelan as well. Uh, it's August 16th was when it was published. Team Remington Sporting Clay Shooters Medal on the International Stage. <clears throat> So uh, what happened was this Team Remington shooters traveled to Orvieto, Italy and returned with multiple medals with the, uh, from the World uh, Fight, Fitasic, F-I-T-A-S-C, Sporting Clay Shooting Championship. Uh, Madison Sharp earned the gold medal for the ladies team uh, and also Sharp took the silver medal uh, for individual and uh, Todd Hitch took home the silver medal alongside members of his junior team, and his individual score landed him sixth overall. So that's a pretty good deal, good job showing on the international stage for clay shooting. Uh, next article we're going to be talking about is uh, from Ameland as well, and it was published August 18th. Federal ammo shooters represent USA at IPRF World Championship. Uh, so what happened was the Federal Ammunition Professional Shooters Buck Holly and Greg Bell represented the United States as part of Team USA at the International Precision Rifle Federation World Championship. Uh, and this took place in, and I'm not shitting yet, it's, it's probably pronounced Beche, but it's spelt bitch uh, with an E at the end of it. Uh, Beche, France. There were 250 shooters from 26 different countries. Uh, they established, you know, they played through a six day shoot and they you know participated in a variety of precision shooting events taking first place in every division and category other than the factory division so that's a good job <clears throat> from the American team along with the uh, Team USA overall success uh, Holly and Bell placed high in their respective individual events as well uh, Holly placed second in the limited division uh, with uh, 308 and uh, Bell placed fifth in the open division with uh, all that good stuff so Good job on those guys right there. Like I said, we're always going to be talking about the shooting sports just because, you know, I truly believe that the shooting sports is a great tool to put the, um, you know, the shooting world out there is not just a bunch of, you know, what uh, progressive gun control grabbers, you know, you know, portray us as, which is, you know, a bunch of gun grabbing fuckers and, and, uh, you know, we don't care about the safety of other people and, and children and all that kind of bullshit. Uh, you know, the shooting sports is really where we need to make sure that we put our efforts in and trying to support them, whether that be, um, you know, and there's shooting sports as well for, 
high schools and collegiate divisions and stuff like that. And we need to make sure that we support them in any way we can, whether it be like boosters, you know, fundraising stuff. I just went to uh, Buckmasters just down the road. Uh, and at Buckmasters, there was the CMP uh, from Talladega. And also there was a, I can't remember if it was collegiate or high school. Uh, there was a collegiate or high school uh, shooting team that was there. And uh, what they were doing is they were representing, uh, you know, whatever it is, like it was the high school or, or collegiate uh, shooting sports foundation. And they were raffling off, I think it was like Yeti Cooler or some shit. And, uh, you know, you, you could buy raffle tickets from there. Uh, and, you know, you get like $5 for one or 20 for five, that kind of shit. And, uh, you know, just give them five bucks. I didn't win, obviously, because I hadn't hurt, you know, received a call or anything. Uh, but it's something that's important that we need to do to make sure that we uh, make sure that we just propagate the good side of the gun community and make sure that the, you know, the world sees that guns aren't just, you know, used for uh, whatever the gun control, gra you know, grabbers say it is. You know, it's it's also a uh, sporting event and all that good stuff. And we need to make sure we, we should, you know, portray that to everyone. God, sorry. Y'all, the caffeine is not kicked in. I'm recording this like early as fuck in the morning because I couldn't sleep. So uh, let me take a sip of my coffee. <sighs> yeah. Hopefully that uh, lubricates the, the speaking organs. Anyway, next article, uh, also from Amaland, uh, about the shooting sports. Vince Hancock wins big at championship skeet match. Uh, and what happened was he is a three-time Olympic gold medalist, uh, and he won the 2022 Skeet National Championships, which was held August 6, 2022. Uh, and this was at Hillsdale, Michigan. Uh, he shoots federal premium shot shells, uh, and he scored a 248 out of 250, which is pretty fucking amazing. Cause I'm, you know, those skeet shooters are always something that amazes me because that is something that I cannot fucking do to save my life. Uh, and this next one, a little bit of an old story, uh, but again, like I said, we still always want to uh, highlight the shooting sports here, uh, and I think this is the last one as well. Uh, also from Emlyn, USPSA Race Gun Nationals. Uh, you know, this is new on the shooting this week, and this had actually probably already occurred. So, so the race gun nationals uh, happened uh, this past week, and of course, it does not have the results. I don't know why they didn't have it. Anyway, uh, I hope you watched it. Hope everybody had a, a good time doing that. So let's go ahead and start getting into uh, what's happened in the gun world uh, in like the month and a fucking half since uh, we had our last podcast. So uh, basically, uh, a lot of shit has happened. If you aren't familiar uh, with what's been going on, it's, it's pretty fucking crazy. So uh, first, we're going to talk about, uh, I think it's H.R. 1088, which was the assault weapons ban that actually passed the House and this is one of those things that, you know, a lot of people in the gun community said, oh, this can't happen. But it obviously fucking did. Um, it passed the House, but it has not passed the Senate. And basically what this bill would have done is it would have outlawed basically all semi-automatic firearms, which includes like a Ruger 1022. And this is something that I never would have thought I would have seen in my lifetime, just because after... The failure of the 94 crime bill uh you know you, you just we did not think that this was possible because um 
it, it's been so long. Uh, I, as a gun owner, have felt that this could not happen. <clears throat> and, you know, there's a lot of different gun content creators out there that anytime an assault weapons ban bill comes out in uh, the mainstream, you know, they act like it's the, the end of the world. And, and it kind of reminds me of the NRA because the NRA, you know, anytime something is, is brought before the, uh, you know, a committee or brought before the house, you know, they act like it's for sure going to happen and you need to do something right away. And that's what the NRA always does, you know, to try and, and fundraise and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just not a huge fan of it. It, but, you know, it passed the House, it, surprisingly. I was kind of shocked. Even now, it, I'm shocked. It, even though, you know, the Democrats are in charge of the House, you know, a lot of those Democrats live in conservative areas, and they have to walk a fine line between being a Democrat and following the party line because that's all these politicians give a fuck about is they give a fuck about getting reelected and you know making their money while they're in office and if you're in office for a short amount of time if you're only in office uh was it like liz cheney who just lost she was only in office for a short amount of time now if she wasn't the daughter of uh vice president war criminal dick cheney uh i guarantee you she probably wouldn't been able to to make the money that she feels comfortable making uh to keep living her lifestyle and uh, but, you know, all these other people that are in politics, you know, that might have been like previous like state representatives or county commissioners or whatever the fuck they might have been. And they ran and they decided, you know, to to let's make my money while I'm in office. You know, they they don't have that. So them staying in office for the longest amount of time possible is is their goal. So if they vote for something like this, that threatens it. <clears throat> so. You know, uh, I was kind of shocked it happened. Uh, but I tell you what, as soon as it did happen, uh, I contacted my uh, state senators, uh, which, you know, one is not running for re-election. So uh, it, he's kind of like, you know, out the door, uh, doesn't give a fuck. But fortunately, uh, he's not dumb enough to do that just because of the fact that uh, he cares about his legacy because, God, he's been in politics since before I was born. Uh, it's fucking crazy. And uh, so, you know, we need to make sure that we stay vigilant in regarding in guarding our our Second Amendment rights and our civil rights, because these politicians will take away anything that they can, anything that we get complacent on. They're going to take away, whether it's our gun rights, whether it's our First Amendment rights, whether it's our Fifth Amendment rights, uh, Fourth Amendment. They don't care because they want the power. That's what the government does is they want the power. And that was the whole reason. For our Bill of Rights, it was to limit the powers of the government, not to limit the powers of the people. So that's something that we need to do. Uh, and since also our last episode, there has been a um, a hearing in the House in regards to <clears throat> firearms, and there has been uh, some kind of some heat in regards to the gun industry. And their participation in it. So, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, Ruger and Daniel Defense uh, was on, you know, they were subpoenaed and they gave testimony before the House in regards to their business and the recent spring of mass shootings. 
there's been a lot of talk in regards to Daniel Defense and Ruger, uh, basically just kind of how they were just on their knees, uh, suckling the government teat, uh, trying to appease their overlords in regards to this. And I'm going to be, you know, straight up honest, okay? So I'm not expecting, Dan you know, Ruger uh, or Daniel Defense, but especially Ruger, because Ruger has a track record of uh, not being the staunchest of uh, Second Amendment supporters. Um, they've gotten better since, uh, you know, the original Ruger passed. But, you know, Daniel Defense, I understand that they need to tread a fine line in regards to what they say for their own personal business because you know they have a business that is predicated on the government issuing them a permit to do business and I'm not even just talking about a business license they have to have an FFL they have to have an FFL to make sure that they can manufacture firearms and sell them so I'm not expecting them to go up there and say like you know, fuck the ATF, uh, they are nothing but a bunch of bitches, they constantly give a shit, uh, and make it nearly impossible for us to, to fucking, you know, exercise our, our business license, I guess, I don't know, um, but, you know, I'm not expecting them to say that, but, you know, basically, I mean, the shit that they said, um, is kind of disappointing, you know, if you have an audience, and you have a chance to make your uh, your thoughts known in regards to what really is going on with this because we've seen the videos of uh, the ATF just absolutely just fucking going bananas in regards to this and there's been different videos uh, since our last podcast that we had a chance to talk about but you know there's a video of like ATF agent that is just taking pictures of an FFL's transfer book there is pictures and video of FF or ATF agents going to people's houses and, you know, wanting to go into their house without a warrant and see the farms that they purchased. And, you know, and, and, and them being so just dictatorial about it. it it's ins insane that we in a Western free society feel like that this is okay. And uh, it, it's just crazy. You know, it's not every day that somebody like Daniel Defense or Ruger has that platform above the U.S. House, you know, uh, Congress, <clears throat> and are able to, you know, say really what's going on. And uh, they didn't do that, so it's kind of ridiculous that that's what I'm more disappointed in. Uh, like I said, I'm not telling them to just, you know, fucking kid rocket up there and and give everybody the middle finger and and start throwing out a bunch of four letter words. Uh, but they could have brought attention to what is actually going on out there. Uh, but I am going to applaud Smith and Wesson. So, uh, and this is strictly from Amelan just because I don't remember everything that they have said. Um, but the CEO of Smith and Wesson has issued uh, a public statement in response to the demands from the uh, Democratic controlled House Oversight Committee, which is hosting uh, this, you know, uh, this uh, hearing that Daniel Defense and Ruger was part of. And uh, it's, you know, Daniel Defense sells a lot of rifles to the government. Uh, Ruger, some as well. Smith & Wesson sells a whole lot of rifles uh, to the, the government, different government agencies. And 
you know, it's all cool uh, to make money and all that kind of stuff because as a business, that's what you want to do. You want to pay your employees. You want to grow your business. Uh, so that way, you know, you just have that much of a, you know, bigger name recognition, I guess you could say. You know, it's like mine's the best. Yeah, that kind of fucking shit. But Smith & Wesson, uh, you know, in like Barrett, Barrett has actually stop selling to certain governments where their products are illegal. And that's something I would really like to see from these companies. So uh, Smith & Wesson, uh, President Mark Smith posted a statement on the Smith & Wesson website. Basically, uh, his statement says there's a number of politicians and their lobbying partners in the media uh, discouraging his companies and other gun manufacturers or disparaging this his company and other gun manufacturers for rising crime and violent crime, rising violent crime in the U.S., some have had the audacity to suggest that they uh, have vilified, undermined, and defunded law enforcement for years, supported prosecutors who refused to hold criminals accountable for their actions, overseen the decay of our country's mental health infrastructure, and generally pr promoted a culture of lawless lawlessness. God, man, I'm sorry. Uh, but, y you know, Smith and Wesson actually coming out and saying what they said. Uh, I'm happy that somebody said it. I wish they'd have said it in front of the uh, House Judiciary Committee or the Oversight Committee that they did. Uh, but, you know, that would have been awesome. Didn't happen, but it would have been cool. Um, but I'm, I'm wishing that uh, these companies would have done more. That, that's all I'm going to say in regards to that. You know, they, they just kind of bent the knee. Uh, they didn't really do as much as I think they could have. Next story uh, comes to us from Ameline. Uh, federal judge ignores the Bruin decision in Minnesota. Uh, now, if you aren't familiar with what the Bruin decision is, that was the decision from NYSRPA uh, that came out over the summer. I can't remember. I think I actually got it out in an episode, or I can't remember if that was the episode that for some reason my fucking mic didn't work. And I'm going to tell you right now, like, I... Uh, I heard like the next day I went, you know, because I kind of like to listen to episodes to see how the audio went and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I heard like it didn't go through. I still had the file saved on my computer. I uh, went back, played it. It's, you know, from the file itself uh, from my computer, I could hear the audio. So I re-uploaded it and sent it again. And like two or three days later, I realized that the audio still wasn't playing and... um it, it just, you know, I just didn't fuck with it. So, anyway, um, Minnesota federal district judge defies the Supreme Court and by applying the means in secure, uh, scrutiny and narrow tailoring to a case involving banning farms at the Minnesota State Fair. Uh, the case involved Reverend Tim Christopher, Sarah Kate Hopton, and the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus suing the State Agricultural Society after the group chose to ban firearms at the State Fair. All the plaintiffs were pro se. Pro se means the plaintiffs represent themselves in court instead of hiring attorneys to litigate the lawsuit. And I will say most pro se lawsuits fail because the plaintiffs are unfamiliar with the intricacies of civil law. Uh, so it's always you know advised to seek counsel. Uh, in this case, believe uh, the plaintiffs believe the state could not ban guns on state grounds because it violates their Second Amendment rights. Uh, and the federal uh, judge ended up siding with the Minnesota Agricultural Society, saying that they could um, ban firearms from the fairgrounds, which sucks dick. Uh, this next story uh, comes to us from Emlyn as well. Uh, and this 
story is pretty interesting because this is something that I've covered kind of from the beginning and I've always felt that the government uh, really fucking overstepped their bounds in regards to this. And this was kind of the uh, beginning, I should say, of, of some of the insanity uh, that happened that we're going to be talking about later with different stories. And the title of it is Uncovered Documents Should Destroy the Government's Case and Auto Key Card Saga. Now, if you aren't familiar with what the auto key card is, uh, it's just a piece of metal the size of a credit card. And it has different parts cut out of it, but it's not completely cut out. You would still have to uh, cut it out, smooth down the metal pieces. And with those pieces, if you wanted to do so, you could create, you know, you could turn your semi-automatic farm into fully automatic. Now, that's with modification of the product itself. So, you know, if you do that, you clearly are... Uh, you know, going with what this this product was made. You know, this this product was made as sort of a gimmick. Um, and I want to say even when the ATF uh, did this and did the auto key card and they tried to put it in firearms to see if it could make the semi-automatic firearms automatic, uh, they said it would not work without further uh, modification of the firearm itself. With just the auto key card, uh, and it, it's just—it's been a whole nightmare. They arrested the business owner of the auto key card, and they also represented a uh, arrested a content creator who was um, sponsored by the auto key card. And uh, it, it's just, especially arresting the content creator—that was fucking insanity. Uh, so anyway. So, uh, more than a year after the arrest in April 2022, the ATF executed an arrest warrant uh, for Hoover, uh, which is who we you know, talked about. Uh, the ATF claimed Hoover conspired with Irvin to sell these auto key cards. And in regards to these um, auto key cards, the gun owners of America uh, continued to work behind the scenes. And they viewed the case as the ATF wrongfully using its power and grossly overstepping the definition of machine gun. Uh, no shit. But the GOA has provided documentation uh, to MLN News for independent analysis. And through careful examination, uh, the writer of this article from MLN News, consulting with other legal es experts, can say that the document uh, is based on, you know, it's their own uh, government documents. So, uh, it, according to the own government documents, they say that the auto key card falls well outside of being a machine gun. Um, and I'm hoping that this gets thrown out, but you know, here's something else that really pisses me off, uh, that, okay. Say for example, uh, this gets thrown out. What's going to happen, you know, is, ATF going to get sued, you know, they have their own qualified immunity. And now I know there's been a lot of talk in regards to uh, qualified immunity and getting rid of it. I'm uh, a fan of uh, strict qualified immunity and not this kind of loose qualified immunity that the, like, for example, like the ATF, the FBI has and stuff like that. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan that government should be held accountable 
but I'm also not a fan of uh, people wasting tax dollars and trying to sue the government uh, for frivolous things. You know, oh, I got a speeding ticket. This is the fifth speeding ticket you've given me in this area. Uh, it must be because, you know, you're targeting me. No, it's because uh, there's like been two dozen fati- you know, fatal accidents on this road. Uh, so we, you know, make sure that people are following the speed limits and driving safely. And you just happen to be speeding through this fucking area every time we're out here. That kind of thing. So, uh, I'm, you know, I truly believe that the ATF needs to be held accountable in regards to a lot of this stuff. And we're going to see some more of that. Uh, we're going to talk about it later uh, in regards to other things that the ATF is doing. But we have constantly seen the ATF has just been politicized. And uh, it seems like the FBI is. You know, I'm not a, a Trump fan, but uh, I, you know, there's never been an instance anywhere before where the you know, a, a former president has had his home, uh, had a search warrant executed on. And, you know, a lot of my liberal friends have said, you know, oh, this is it. He's going to jail for keeping documents and all that kind of stuff. And, and there's no fucking way I believe he had like nuclear shit out there. Uh, you know, I do believe that he, he probably had some things that might've been classified, but the president, Uh, You know, I wonder if he made these unclassified before he left. I don't know. But Obama has 300,000 pieces of documents uh, since he's left the presidency. And he has stated that he would digitize them for the presidential record. And he has not digitized any of them. So if you want to, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Now, I don't, you know, they only took 12 boxes, I think, from Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. Uh, you know, I don't think 300,000 documents can fit in 12 boxes. So, uh, there's a good bit more that Obama has. I'm sure at probably just less than 1% of what he has is probably maybe something that could be considered classified. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what he has, but you know, I truly believe that the federal law enforcement agencies are being, politicized and they're being used by our current, you know, whoever's in charge at the fucking time, uh, those political leaders, uh, and they're being used as weapons of the politicians. And I, I'm getting to the point where I feel that the federal law enforcement agencies should be stripped and should be an absolute bare minimum and, should just be given to the state agencies. And I feel like maybe you should have like just a dozen law enforcement agents per fucking uh, state to give state law enforcement, uh, you know, national like arrest powers, you know, that kind of thing. Um, It's just absolute fucking insane what these federal law enforcement agencies are doing that they think that they can do because, hey, I work for the U.S. government. No, sir, that's bullshit. Let's go ahead and and start getting on to the next uh, article. Next article from Mailman as well. Uh, Polymer 80 ordered to pay Washington, D.C. over $4 million. Now, this is... uh, Have you ever heard of the uh, fucking... um, God damn, I I can't believe I forgot what it's called now, too. As soon as I pulled this up, I was like, uh, oh, yeah, you know, um, that's that's what this law is called. And then now I'm actually here reading it and I can't think of the fucking name. Anyway, it's, it's the law that says that like, you know, uh, as long as a, 
uh, a consumer product or like a brand uh, doesn't make a product to be intentionally used uh, in a way that could be like malicious and all that kind of stuff. You know, basically saying, you know, I can't sue, uh, you know, Chevrolet for my vehicle uh, going 120 miles an hour. Uh, and that's what caused my accident was me going 120 miles an hour. No, it was I misused the product uh, and that was it. Now, if like Chevrolet put um, a uh, like a faulty uh, like brake caliper on there and that they know would fail after only like 30,000 miles and that what caused me to crash. Yeah, I could sue Chevrolet because they knew what that they did was was faulty, that kind of thing. Um Anyway, that's what the law is, and that's what protects farms companies uh, from all these ridiculous lawsuits that progressives love to file against them after any type of mass shooting. Anyway, so Washington, D.C. filed a suit against a retailer uh, for their 80% farms kits claiming that it broke the District Consumer Protection Procedures Act. Uh, DC claimed that the Polymer 80 misled its customers by stating that non-serialized numbers were legal in the city and attorneys from the city claimed violations from 2017 to 2020. The evidence was the farm company's frequently asked questions section from its website that stated receiver blanks were legal and said people were allowed to build their own guns. Uh, DC argued that the company should have informed its customers that owning a Polymer 80 in Washington, DC was illegal. Polymer 80 and other sellers of non-finished farms receivers have been the target of lawsuits across the country. Yeah, I mean, you know, they absolutely have. Uh, in addition to the fine, Polymer 80 must display on his website product pages that Polymer 80s are illegal in D.C. Now, uh, the company has, as far as I know, I don't see where they have released a statement in regards to this. But uh, I'm curious on who's going to you know of course this was a dc judge and dc judges are very much more liberal uh than the average person uh you know in regards to especially farm second amendment stuff like that and even if they know the law uh they sure don't follow it uh as we've talked about briefly with a previous story uh where a minnesota judge ignored the Bruin case um and this right here as well, <clears throat> I don't see any kind of legal grounding in regards to this because uh, I've looked at Poly 80 before. You know, Poly 80 says, uh, yes, it's, you know, legal for you to build your own firearm. Uh, and I wonder how old that was because I know DC um, outlawed, uh, you know, quote unquote ghost guns not too far long ago. So I wonder. If it was an old website, uh, I know, uh, D, you know, Poly80 has uh, since put on there, you know, just like any farms website says, you need to make sure that you follow your local laws and, and shit like that to make sure that you're not breaking them. So I'm wondering how that's going to go. All right. So the next one, uh, this article is also to, comes to us from Amaland, and its title is "Credit Card Proce uh, Processor Threatens Customer Over 80% Frames Using Flawed Anti-Gun Data." Uh, so this is actually an update to an old article. Uh, this article was published uh, earlier, and then they updated it a few days later. So 
there was a clarification in regards to the representative from Elevon, which is the credit card processor. Uh, and he stated that I received some clarification of the requirements needed since you are not selling 80% kits after August 23rd, 2022. We do not need any screenshots provided. Apologize for confusion. No further information needed. Uh, but basically what started this is the leading proce uh, payment processor for 80% farm kit retailers has bent uh, the knee basically for every town. Uh, and, you know, Elevon, uh, what they do is they process credit cards and then they charge a small percentage. Uh, and the email uh, for from Everytown Gun Safety claims that it's illegal to ship Polymer 80 to 11 states and the credit card company asks its customers to provide proof uh, that it has a system in place to prevent sales to those 11 states. And what they've done is, uh, you know, they basically said that if you can't provide uh, shown that you're not going to be shipping to these 11 states, then we're not going to be processing your uh, credit card payments. And uh, it's just, I'm telling you, it's absolute fucking bananas. Uh, Elevon, you know, mandates its customers to comply with the new ATF final rule on non-serialized frames and receivers by August 12, 2022. Uh, payment processor threatened that any company not in compliance risked having their funds delayed or merchant account canceled. Uh, and that's, you know, man, that is insane. The fact that think that, you know, these companies are preventing gun manufacturers from being enabled to conduct business you know that's what they need to, to conduct business because everything's done electronically now and and that's how you know these people know that they can pressure certain things they're you know fucking gun grabbers are smart people uh we need to stop thinking that they're dumb because they're definitely not um you know gun grabbers and the gun control lobby are not dumb they know what they're doing and they know how to hit us where it hurts um, you know, they're, of course, they're trying on the political level and they're using the hearts and minds of, uh, you know, of weak minded people to try and, and, you know, chip away at our constitutional rights. And they're going after the manufacturers themselves in regards to this. You know, that's why they always do these frivolous lawsuits, uh, you know, after every mass shooting. Uh, that's why. They went after Poly 80 in that last story that we went over. That's why they go after these businesses that suppliers and manufacturers need to make sure that they create business. That's why they go after them. I mean, it is not just going after our constitutional rights. You know, we can have the constitutional right to uh, keep and bear arms, but if we can't get it unless we go to the store physically and we have to pay with cash and we have to wait and, and all this other kind of stuff, um, you know, because of, of state laws or whatever. Uh, you know, that's just as difficult for our, um, our constitutional rights as just making it completely unconstitutional because you have to think, you know, California. California is one of the largest gunning states in the United States. And if, you know, you have to go to a brick and mortar store, well, you know, the, the fucking politicians in California, they are way more liberal than what they are in, you know, other states. And when they say that only, uh, this state 
you know, or, or like we can only have these five approved stores and no others. You know, California is a huge fucking state. It's the third largest in the country. Uh, you know, if you got to travel like three or four hours just to buy a farm because they can't ship it to your local FFL or whatever, uh, you know, that's how they make it harder for other people to exercise their rights. And that's what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And that's why we need to be vigilant on every aspect of our constitutional rights. Going on into the next store, uh, story, and this is kind of why I was talking about how the United, uh, the U.S. law enforcement agencies, they are federal law enforcement agencies. Let me clarify on that because uh, I truly, you know, sheriffs are the greatest tool we have for our constitutional rights. And uh, that's something that you need to make sure that whenever you are doing your local elections, you need to make sure that you're paying attention at your mayor's your sheriffs, your governors, uh, because as we've seen, like, especially with immigration, you know, uh, there's been, you know, sheriffs that says we're not going to hold immigration detainees anymore. And that effectually stops the, you know, the immigration law enforcement agencies from, uh, arresting and deporting, uh, illegal immigrants because they can't house them in, in these jails. You know, they might have to travel to a whole nother state because uh, it might be a state directive. And because of that, you know, that prevents them from deporting illegal immigrants. And that could be the same thing with firearms. If we have sheriffs that refuse to go go along with the national, you know, the federal government, the national uh, government in regards to unconstitutional gun laws, Sheriffs are going to be the ones that can help us. They are going to be our strongest allies that affect us here at home. So, uh, anyway, going on into uh, this next article, the ATF uh, and the FBI in conjunction uh, with local law enforcement in fucking Massachusetts, of course, uh, fucking Massachusetts, uh, arrested a man, Daniel Augusto, and he's charged with one count of possessing machine guns, uh, six counts of unlawful possession of unregistered firearms and one count of making false statements to federal agents. Uh, and basically what they've arrested him for are the FR, uh, FRT triggers. Now, if you aren't familiar with the FRT triggers are, they were the, I think it was rare breed, uh, made these triggers uh, where it was FRT stands for forced reset trigger. And it's basically kind of like a bump stock in a way, uh, but it works differently from how bump stock works where the trigger is forced to reset. And then you can just keep that pressure, uh, from rear, you know, applying rearward and it pulls the trigger again and, you know, shoots the gun forced reset trigger you can keep doing that as long as you keep that rearward pressure now it's not uh, a machine gun in the fact that the trigger completely goes through a cycle of press trigger reset the trigger press trigger reset the trigger that kind of thing it is just a mechanical um assistance you know just like spring-loaded knives you know spring-loaded knives aren't uh, automatically deployed knives. Uh, cause I remember that was a thing at one point in time is you couldn't have switch blades 
in uh, some states considered spring-assisted knives, a switchblade, uh, but it's not. You know, you still have to apply pressure to release the blade from the handle, uh, and then just the spring uh, helps you deploy the blade uh, from the handle. So it's it's kind of the same thing, I guess you could, you know, the best way I can kind of talk about it. But, you know, this is not the only gentleman that has been charged with these FRT triggers. And it's not like this gentleman, Mr. Gusto, was some sort of uh, violent criminal. And maybe he, like, robbed a store or killed somebody and they did a search warrant on his home and that's when they found all these. No, all he is is just a firearms enthusiast, and he lives in Massachusetts, which is a non-free state. Uh, and he had uh, an FRT trigger. He also had uh, some homemade suppressors that he did not register, and uh, he was charged with those. And what happened was is he was going and he was talking to people uh, about what he had and these people told law enforcement and law enforcement told you know got a search warrant and searched his house and that's what happened they are going more and more after these people that have these frt triggers and uh it is just mind-boggling that something as simple as a firearm accessory not uh you know something that you know makes it legit automatic firearm to where you press and hold the trigger down and the, the trigger doesn't reset it just continually fires rounds it, it's a mechanically assisted thing and, and you know it, so all right so we're going to say an frt makes this a uh, fully automatic firearm okay what about other accessories that are mechanical in nature that help shooters with disabilities you know that was the whole reason uh, that's the whole reason with stabilizing braces. Uh, stabilizing braces were made for people that have shoulder issues. Um, and, and there's numerous other different types of firearms accessories that assist people with disabilities. Are we going to prevent, you know, are, are we going to start arresting people with disabilities uh, for having um, these farms accessories? You know, where does the line drawn? And, and this is where we need to start seeing that our federal law enforcement needs to be reined in. It needs to be reined in by the government and quite possibly disbanded, like I said, uh, disbanded or made so small that they are, you know, just there to make sure that the state law enforcement agencies can have uh, communication with other states if, like, you know, for example a uh, crime occurs over multiple states you know you have these federal law enforcement agencies there as liaisons with other law enforcement agencies from different states uh, or you know if you want to uh, charge with someone uh, federally you know you have uh, them there that they can just be like okay thank you uh, investigator so-and-so from XYZ state police uh, thank you for doing the case file I'll make sure that this goes you know I'll, I'll put my name on it and uh, this goes to federal court uh, they have no other function than that and, and I believe that's what needs to happen to these federal police because they are just just being politicized and just going fucking buck wild and they need to be reined in 
to make sure that our constitutional rights and our freedoms are protected from the overpolitization of our federal elected officials. Going on into the next story, uh, leaked ATF resignation letter shows agents' frustration over politicization, just like what I was talking about. This comes to us from Ameland. Uh, Brandon M. Garcia, uh, he was a career ATF agent, and he resigned over the politicization of the agency and the government's attempt to divide the people. He's been with it for 18 years. Uh, he wrote a, a six-page resignation letter. And, you know, some excerpts from it is, I don't know what mission is really, the mission is really anymore, but I don't like it. For the past couple of years, I found myself asking myself why a lot more often. As of late, the answer is typically because they said so. I still don't know who they are, but I seem to disagree with whoever they are on pretty much everything. Uh, he went on to say some other things. The last time the morale was this low. Uh, with ATF was probably around 2013, 2016. Coincidentally, this was also the last time we had an administration openly criticize law enforcement. Both administrations preach diversity or rather celebrate it, but then expect everyone to have the same liberal opinion. It, it just goes on and on and on. And uh, he goes on to talk about, did our leaders forget that the ATF agents are law enforcement? Most agents are pro-gun. All agents should be anti-criminal. We did not become ATF agents so we could collect data, ensure firearms are in compliance, seize trigger groups, argue about what a firearm is or is not, seize firearms for reasons other than prosecuting criminal criminals, or spend countless hours in putting data to justify someone else's existence and headquarters. We became ATF agents so we could work to, uh, work the streets and smack evil in the mouth. We took this job because we were willing to risk it all and hope that we can make the streets just a little bit safer for the law-abiding, upstanding citizens of the United States. And he just, you know, it, it might not be everything that you agree with what he states, but he does go into great detail about how, uh, you know, what I say, you know, majority of people are rational thinking human beings. And they don't think that they need to trample on other people's rights because that's the way you keep safe, you know, keep safety, uh, you know, taking away people's guns you know, law-abiding people's guns to make everyone safe because that doesn't work. Uh, so that's kind of the theme. And there was also another leaked thing in regards to uh, FBI agents coming out and saying that uh, they are being politicized as well. So uh, this is exactly what I'm talking about, just elected officials using federal law enforcement to satisfy their own political means. Uh, and that's just... It should not happen. It cannot happen. Next article also comes to us from Emma Land, titled Lawsuit Filed Against Private Gun Range Approval in Michigan. Uh, on July 12th, the Northfield Township Board voted unanimously 6-0 to, to grant a conditional use permit for a private range. Uh, the fine occupancy permit for the site will require sound testing before granted. Uh, 85 decibels is about the sound of heavy traffic or a suppressed 22, uh, and it was not reported where the sound measurements would be taken. So uh, they're just basically making sure that uh, it's not going to be a noise nuisance to other people around. Um, and this is actually going to be Lepers, uh, who's an optic company. Uh, it's expanded to shooting uh uh, accessories. The company is based out of Michigan. 
uh, and is about 20 miles uh, from the supposed range. So uh, it is quite crazy that this has to happen for a fucking private land. You know, I understand um, if you want to open like a business, uh, but this is going to be a private range for this business, and it's just quite fucking insane. Uh, going on into the next article, uh, this next article comes from PewDiePie Tactical, uh, and it talks about how uh, ATF wins bump stock appeal and gun industry pays record $300 million in conservation. Uh, the first thing, obviously, a federal, a federal appeals court ruled in favor of the ATF, uh, backing the federal agency on its stance regarding bump stocks. The Circuit Court of Appeals uh, upheld, in D.C., obviously, uh, upheld the 2019 ban uh, of bump stocks, which is insane. That's going to be going before the Supreme Court. I can't wait to see how that turns out. Uh, next thing they talk about is the firearms industry doles out a record setting $300 million in conservation th fees. Uh, firearms industry doles out, uh, you know, money to the uh, conservation, it's, I can't, you know, I've talked about this before, but basically, um, you know, everything that you buy, ammo, guns, there is a little tax, the Pittsman Robin, there you go, Pittsman Robin Act, so basically, 11% uh, of the tax for long guns and ammunition, and 10% uh, federal tax for handguns, every bit of, you know, thing that you buy, you know, either ammunition, handguns, long guns, that percentage goes to conservation. Uh, and I, I honestly think this is a good thing. I'm not a huge fan of taxes, but this is one of those things where I can see taxes going to good things. And uh, like I said, record setting $300 million. Uh, it has been 15.3 billion since 1937 when the Pittsman Robin Act was introduced. Um, and that's a big thing because we have talked to, um, oh, uh, gosh, man, what was it? Oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, we've, we've talked about this where like hunting is down and I'm going to be talking a little bit about hunting later. Um, but hunting is down and whenever you purchase a, uh, fishing license or a, uh, hunting license, part of that money goes towards conversation and uh you know with hunting being down at record lows uh that means less money for conservation uh so the pittsman robbins act i'm happy to spend a little bit of that money towards conservation uh just because i want there to be conservation for hunting fishing uh public ranges that kind of thing so that's something uh that i look forward to uh, TriggerCon moves to the Midwest uh, from Seattle, so it's going. It was being held at Seattle, Washington. It's been going on now for, I think, I think it's like six years now they've had it. Uh, this year is the first year that they're having it outside the Pacific Northwest, and they're having it at Fall Rivers, Kansas, um, at the Flint Oak Hunting Lodge. Uh, there's, you know, it, it's kind of like a, a little bit like little brother to, I guess you could say to shot show. Uh, so that's interesting. Next thing, Biden's executive action, final rule on 80% kits goes live August 24th. 
So according, uh, this comes just from Pew Pew Tactical as well. Biden is saying that according to a epidemic of ghost gun related crimes, which is horseshit, we all know, uh, the ATF has set out a plan that would require the serialization, serialization of 80% kits, part, God, fuck, 80% kits and parts, among other measures, that goes live, uh, full, you know, full effect August 24th. So basically, uh, commonly what it says that any unserialized privately made gun, uh, must have, you know, this includes like 80% parts kits, uh, parts kits or 3d printed firearms. So if you make a 3d printed firearm and you don't serialize it, you're breaking a federal law now. Uh, furthermore, uh, 80% kits are part classified as firearms under the gun control act. Uh, so that requires serialization of 80% frames and lowers. Also requires consumers to undergo background checks prior to purchasing these parts and kits from an FFL. Uh, it just, uh, you know, it's just a whole lot of horseshit that this is going into effect. And I feel, I God, I pray that this gets overthrown in the Supreme Court. I hope it hurries up and goes before the Supreme Court now while we have this uh, seems to be conservative court uh, that helped us with the Bruin Act. Because I guarantee you, that it's uh, probably going to get shot down. Like, it's probably going to get shot down in some U.S. Uh, federal courts and upheld in others. So, just because of the politics of judges. So, it's going to have to be taken up by the Supreme Court. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering what they say. Uh, next, also from Pew Pew Tactical, talks about uh, UPS announces new rules for shipping farms, parts, what you need to know. And, of course, this is going along the same thing in regards to these 80% receivers. Uh, they updated their policy and says they will no longer ship unserialized frames or receiver parts per the ATF's upcoming rule. Uh, so this is just kind of all in regards to that, uh, that executive action and the ATF ruling. So, uh, the next article is actually going to come to us from CNBC. I know what you're thinking. Um, it, and it just goes, really kind of goes to talking about how uh, FFLs across the country are looking to unload these 80% uh, receivers as quickly as possible before uh, the new uh, executive action goes into effect. And uh, it just, I really just kind of wanted to talk about how it was, uh, how, uh, you know, they're just trying to paint it in the bad picture saying, you know, that these people are trying to unload them because they know it's what's coming and they're doing it instead of uh, like destroying the receivers because they know this and that and fucking bullshit. Uh, and then the next article comes to us from uh, USA Today. Uh, these five gun ads are alarming critics changing laws. Um, basically, they're going after gun ads. Uh, and this is from that House Oversight Committee that we talked about. And they're, they're trying to have the Federal Trade Commission play a role uh, in setting guidelines for gun advertisements just like they did with tobacco all those years ago, uh, in response, the NSF issued a letter uh, to the federal, the federal Trade Commission making a case for the gun industry 
Uh, and there's been some changes. Uh, and basically what they're trying to do is they're saying that these um, firearms is, or I guess you could say these firearm ads are targeting children. Uh, and they're, you know, giving some examples. One is We Won Tactical. Illinois gun maker rolled out a 22 rifle and a scaled-down AR-15 uh, aimed at children, they said. And uh, I don't... I don't know. I, I really don't see it. It's fucking dumb. It just shows, like, um, skull and crossbones with pigtails and the skull and crossbones with the mohawk. Uh, one obviously trying to be a girl, one trying to be a boy. Uh, it just says, smaller, safer, lighter. Get them one like yours. That's what it says. Uh, the next one is the uh, Wilson Combat Urban sn uh, Super Sniper. I don't see how this is supposed to be advertising to children. I don't. Uh, another one is Bushmaster. Uh, again, I don't see how this one advertises to children. Daniel Defense, of course. Uh, now, this is... Okay, this is Daniel Defense. And it's just them posting dumb shit to Twitter uh, and social media. So, uh, there's in they specifically show a Twitter post from Daniel Defense. Uh, and the title, you know, the words are, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And it shows a child holding uh, an AR-15 and obviously an adult pointing at it again that's not actual advertising that is just a social media post but you know i guess you could say social media is advertising um the next one again is smith and wesson and uh they are basically talking uh how uh the, you know how their firearms were appeared in first person shooter games like call of duty now again that's to me that's kind of fucking on Call of Duty, you know, you, you have Call of Duty advertising to children for their firearms and not, um, not Smith and Wesson, you know, so much so. Now, the Smith and Wesson did uh, post uh, some advertisement and it was like a clip looking like a first person shooter on uh, six, uh, and, it, and it says, uh, Experience Why We're the Leader. And, but that's mainly, you know, just them shooting at some watermelons. You know, I, I don't understand how that could be really advertising to children. So, it, it's just a whole bunch of fucking nonsense. Like I said, these progressives are not dumb. They're going to attack us in any way, shape, or form they can. And we just got to stay vigilant. Got to stay vigilant. It's going to be non-ending uh, until we codify you know yes you know if we change the second a second amendment to stating you are allowed to have a semi-automatic firearm with a telescoping uh you know buttstock w with um you know a uh foregrip uh, just all this kind of stuff. i mean we, we basically would have to to make it legalese uh for these progressives to put in uh, our second amendment that's the only way we could change it and but until then we got to stay vigilant just got to stay vigilant. All right, our last article we're going to discuss um, before we go into the gun gear news and reviews uh, comes to us from Ameland. It's titled as National Hunting uh, Heritage Endowment Established at Midway USA Foundation. 
Now, a lot of people uh, shit on Midway USA. I believe I just had this conversation this week or last week uh, in regards to uh, Midway USA still just being hardcore NRA supporters. Um, and, you know, I'm not a huge, I'm not a fan of the NRA uh, with Wayne LaPierre at its head, but I am uh, a huge fan of uh, Hunting Heritage Endowment uh, because, again, that's how we continue to have our rights go on for forever because we have the next generation getting into firearms and a lot of way these people get into firearms is through hunting. So, uh, I just thought that's great. Uh, Midway USA, they do a lot of fuddy shit and I guess people can consider this as fuddy, but this is good fuddy as I could say. Uh, it's something that, like I said, we all need to do. We need to make sure uh, that we uh, continue with our conservation and we continue getting the next generation into shooting sports, whether it be clay, sh uh, clay skeet shooting, uh, hunting, three gun, whatever it, you know, whatever it is, we need to get them into it. And this is the way to do it is by continuing uh, to grow these foundations and uh, growing the education programs and the uh, conservation programs. So with that, let's go ahead and wrap up this segment and start getting into the Gun Gear News and Reviews. Hollywood, they thought they can tame this pet bull, but I know what the game is. Them fuckers cheat like an NBA rep. If you smoke one, they'll electrocute you to death. I got God on my intellect, Godzilla by the neck. When a nigga come through, who you wanna holler at? Ghost riders hit the deck. When your boy got attacked, where the fuck is Africa? Damn powder at. We need to take it back. All right, the first product we're gonna talk about is uh, a couple of Bear Creek Arsenal products. I know Bear Creek does not have. The best reputation in regards to quality, but hey, uh, some people could use this as like good, just range plinkers, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, at least until Bear Creek changes their reputation, uh, they're really not known for being good, um, I guess you could say, high quality type uh, products. So, uh, first thing there is they're introducing their new Genesis 9mm pistol. Uh, it is basically a Glock 17, uh, and it's going to come with, uh, you know, all the, the basic stuff I should say a new firearm should come with. Uh, it's optic ready. Uh, it comes with a rail uh, threaded suppressor, all that kind of stuff. Uh, four and a half uh, slide cuts, uh, four and a half inch barrel slide cuts. Uh, it's going to be cut for the RMR. Uh, the barrel looks pretty cool. It's uh, spiral fluted stainless steel melanite. <clears throat> so that is pretty cool. Uh, in regards to price point, I don't see a price point in here. Um, but just because the fact that it's Bear, uh, Bear Creek, if it's anything over five hundred, uh, it's it's a dud. It, you know, Bear Creek is known for like kind of cheap shit. Um, they're known for not being the best on, you know, quality control. Um, so like I said, if it's anything over 500, might as well just get like a Glock or get a PSA dagger, you know, PSA daggers. Um, those things have been really great. A lot of people I know, uh, that have shot some and, or have one, uh, they've really enjoyed it. 
Uh, next thing coming from Bear Creek is they've expanded their rifle and pistol, pistol line, uh, as in like AR pistols. Uh, they have three new different um, ones. They have a Bear Creek Arsenal GPX gas piston AR-15, uh, a rimfire uh, 22 WMR upper, and a 458 SOCOM upper. Now, uh, I'm interested uh, possibly in that 22 uh, one, but now the 458 SOCOM, I don't know how that would be. Uh, you know, again, Bear Creek's not known for their quality. They're known for their price. Uh, but, you know, like especially like their AR-15s, their AR-15s uh, have I've heard tons of issues from. Uh, next thing, standing manufacturing switch gun. Now, if you are familiar with the, I think it's like, it's called the life card. It's basically, it's about the size of a credit card. And you fold it out and it has uh, two 22 rounds, like two 22 Magnum, I think is what it is, uh, rounds in there. Well, this uh, has five rounds of 22 Magnum. Uh, it is a revolver. It folds into itself very much uh, like that other firearm. Now, the one thing in this that I'm not a, I don't understand how well this would work is it is it has an exposed hammer. Um, and if this is something that you would keep in your pocket, uh, I could see that exposed hammer like getting caught on something, and then like you, you know you shoot it in your pocket. I, I don't know how that would work. I'm reading it right here and I don't see where it mentions anything about like maybe some sort of locking mechanism when it's folded. It prevents the hammer from being pulled back. Uh, I don't, don't see that. Um, but I mean, other than that, I think this is a cool concept uh, just because it gives you, uh, you know, three more rounds than what that like little life key card has. Uh, but I, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of that. Uh, next thing, SIG launches their P365X macro, uh, which is 17 plus one, uh, you know, a capacity. And it is, it has a, uh, integral compensator built into the gun. Um, now I, you know, this thing right here, it's like MSRP is 799, I believe. Um, and when you're looking at this thing, it has absolutely no, like the only thing that's compact in this fucking thing is its barrel length. But even then, um, the bear, you don't get a whole lot from your barrel because it has that built in compensator to the slide. So like the barrel is like fucking super duper short. Um, but I, you know, I just don't see how. I don't know. I, I I don't see the barrel. Let me see the barrel length. Barrel length is only 3.1 inches. 3.1 inches. Whereas the overall length itself is over twice that size. It's 6.6 .6 inches overall length. So, uh, man, I, you know, and then the MSRP is like $800. I just don't see what the market of this gun would be because... Uh, I mean, it's basically the the grip of a standard um, 320 is what it looks like anyway. Like especially like the the 320 um, concealed 
carry, you know, it's not a 365, you know, like the 320 has got like full size, duty, and carry, uh, where it makes it into a 15 rounder. Um, you know, it's almost that like that size. Uh, so I mean like, you, you know, but it doesn't, I don't even see where the like 320 magazines would fit in this. So it's not like it'd even take 320 magazines, which are becoming plentiful out there. Um, you'd have to get your own 365 macro magazines. Um, I'm just not, I don't know. I just don't see the, the demand for this, especially for the price, especially for what all you're getting out of it. Just fucking get a 320 carry. Next thing, uh, Hornady uh, security ammo cabinet, lockup ammo tools, and more. Uh, I got this email uh, a while back that this was coming out, and they just finally released it. I, you know, I don't see it for six hundred twenty-nine dollars. Um, it's cool. It's basically just like one of those kind of like cheap-looking uh, gun cabinet lockups, uh, except it's got like holes all around it, so that way it, you can it's you know, the, the shelves that come with it only comes with three shelves, you know, it's, it's super modular, but uh, let me see the dimensions of this. It only stands, pardon me, only stands 40 inches tall. Um, and the shelves measure, uh, 28 inches across and 12 inches deep. So I don't think that you'd honestly be getting a whole lot out of this. You know, you would get just as much use out of getting like a cheap gun cabinet that locks um, and installing your own uh, drawers in that thing, you know, your own shelves in there uh, by, you know, drilling holes and, and getting some nuts and, and, and stuff like that and building your own shelves. Uh, and it would probably come out way less than $629. I, I just don't see, you know, for the price on this. And, and of course, you know, I don't know if this is like inflation I don't know if this is uh, demand on materials. I just don't know. Like, this is the second thing that's come out that I'm just like, man, at that price, really? You're expecting to sell a whole lot of those? It's just fucking dumb. Next to last thing, uh, Vorkoltz, gosh, Vol Quartzen Firearms introduces the Scorpion X pistol. Uh, now, this is really fucking cool looking. Uh, it comes in available in a six and a four and a half inch barrel length. Uh, it uses the Volkortsen, uh LLVX upper, and it's basically a Ruger Mark, uh, like five looks like. Um, but it, yeah, here we go. It says the Ruger L or the LLVX upper is also available as a standalone option that fits his Ruger Mark two threes and prior Scorpion twenty two models. Um, I mean, this thing just looks tight. Looks pretty cool, man. Um, and this would be like great for competition shooters, uh, looking at, uh, price. Of course, there's no fucking price. Good job recoil. I don't understand why they don't just put the price in there unless they hadn't come out with the price. I don't fucking know. Anyway, uh, but knowing Volk Quartz and it's probably going to be like probably 600 fucking dollars just cause you know, Volk Quartz is pretty proud of their shit. Uh, and the last uh, article before we get into the gun culture segment uh, comes to us, uh, and it's talking about Anderson Manufacturers launches the AM15 Precision Series. Um, now, these are AR-15s. Uh, they come with, uh, you know, and all the MSRP is going to be under $1,000. They're all five five six caliber. Um, 
it's well i say that i think three are going to be five five six and one's going to be ar10 uh but looking at the photograph they're all looking like fucking five five six i don't know um i'm not a huge you know huge anderson fan so like i'm not like fucking really deep into this like balls deep into this um you know basically it's just got like a fixed stock on there with a cheek riser uh slant cut uh ar uh mlock uh rail on there uh the first one is a competitor uh the competitor it's got an 18 inch uh tapered barrel um that one's in 556 five, the marksman uh the marksman is 18 inch tapered barrel as well uh it's got magpuls k2 grip uh 15 inch mlock rail uh that one is in 556 five, the sharpshooter again same thing 20 inch tapered barrel uh it's all got like the same fucking stocks and shit um just like you're getting upgraded like on the grips dumb shit like that uh and the varminter the varminter's a 20 inch barrel as well um i just don't see the appeal to this i'm you know some people like anderson's just cuz they're cheaper i'm not a huge fan of anderson's just because of the fact that again qc issues uh is my main thing uh, i've personally i have seen more QC issues with Anderson than other brands. Now I've known people that says like Bear Creek. Uh, some people have even said Ruger. But I'll, I'll fucking say this like Smith and Wesson. Uh, I just like uh, my uh, work just got 15 Smith and Wesson M&P um, 15 rifles, and uh, all of them were dry to fucking bone. And three of them, the front sights were not uh, properly cinched on there and i had to like go back in there like one guy actually lost his front sight just like just for average use like getting in another vehicle and uh i had to reach out now i will say smith and wesson like just like automatically sent me like five new front sights just so that way if any more fall off i can just replace them um as i I catch them as they go along uh so but you know but i'm like with anderson like their issues were like with the drilling um you know, shit that I couldn't fix, like, you know, just some WD-40 and some blue Loctite fixed my issues, um, with Anderson, that wasn't the case, so, anyway, let's go ahead, wrap up this gun gear news and reviews, and start getting into the gun culture segment. That's why they call the present the present, cause it's a gift. But it is what it is, no time for the worries. Do the rain shine, the highs and the flurries. Grown with it while the timeline get blurry. But I'm in no hurry, yeah. I don't wanna grow up too fast. Well, for the gun culture segment, we're gonna be talking about something that's out on Netflix now. And something that doesn't have guns in it. So, be prepared. Anyway, um... So I, uh, you know, I got rid of cable like five years ago now. So like all my stuff is on like streaming platforms. So if it's not on a streaming platform, I I really don't know about it very well. Um, but one thing that I watched that just came on, uh, Netflix is alone. And now what alone is, it's a reality TV show. 
it first it comes out on the History Channel, and what it does is it takes ten competitors uh, that are some various levels of survival experts, and they drop them out in the middle of nowhere, and they they are allowed uh, to bring ten things, and some of the things you know that they can bring out there. Uh, that is from only, it's not like 10 things that they can just pick from their own, whatever the fuck. There's like a list of things that they can pick out of those 10 things. Uh, you know, like some of the things like, a a cooking pot, um, slingshot, bow and arrow, uh, fishing line, um, sleeping bag, uh, you know, fire starter, stuff like that. Now, things that they're not allowed to bring out whatsoever is like firearms, any sort of matches or lighters, uh, any water purification, um, all that stuff. They have to do it by themselves. Um, a lot of things people pick are like uh, axes, um, bow saws or uh, folding saws, uh, of course, sleeping bags, a tarp, um, most people brought uh, bows and, and a lot of people brought um, snares or fishing line with fishing hooks and stuff. Uh, so that, that's what a lot of people brought. And, you know, it just goes to show these people out there and, you know, they're collecting, foraging, uh, catching, uh, eating, their, whatever they can do. Um, like one person like lost fucking like, 70 pounds in 70 days uh, just from malnutrition. All he was eating was uh, like wild-caught berries and roots and bark. Uh, I think he might have got like one or two fish. Uh, One guy was able to actually get a deer uh, with his bow, uh, and that gave him about 50 pounds of meat. Uh, And some of the, the stuff that these people created for their shelters was pretty cool, pretty extravagant. Um, and the reason I put it on here in the gun culture segment is just because, you know, we've talked a lot about, uh, things that are going on in the world today. And we've said it before on, on different parts on different podcasts that we've done where, you know, we need to be prepared for what happens, uh, no matter what it may be. And that's the reason why we, you know, have firearms for self-defense is because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to uh, cause you to need to defend yourself and you like to be prepared. And, uh, you know, this alone, it makes you, makes you think, it makes you sit there like, man, do I know what to do, uh, and how to purify my own water? Do I know what to do and how to build my own sustainable cabin? Uh, do I know what to do on how to catch uh, wild game? Do I know what, uh, wild plants I can eat? And, I, and I'll let you know, like, my biggest thing is, like, I had no fucking idea what wild plants I could eat. I actually ordered me um, edible, an edible plant, wildlife edible plant book uh, from the south, for the southeast, just because I had no fucking idea. Um, you know, there's, and I, that's something I used to do all the time, but now I've always, like, either caught my own food or brought my own food. Um, you know, I, I didn't have to go foraging uh, for plant life and, and shit like that. Um, but you know, I used to be really heavy into camping, I used to camping at least once a month for a weekend. Um, and then, you know, fucking got married and got family and all that kind of stuff. And I don't do that a whole lot more. I still go camping every once in a while. Uh, but I don't go as hard to the paint like I used to. Um, 
you know, not bring my kids with me. My kids, you know, want to fucking roast s'mores and stuff like that and uh, and all that kind of stuff. Every now and then, uh, you know, I'll do some fun stuff in front of them, like how to start a fire or, or shit like that. But, uh, you know, it's making me want to, like, get back into camping and really good primitive camping. Uh, you know, I've used to, like, go camping and, like, build my own hooch, you know, just like a fucking um, tarp that uh, I suspend in the air and I can crawl underneath and, and that's where I slept on the ground, that kind of thing. But uh, it's it's a good thing out there. Uh, it's something that I think that we need to get back more into our skill set. Uh, you know, we've definitely talked before that we need to make sure that we uh, know how to proficiently use our firearms, but we also need to proficiently uh, need to take care of ourselves, whether that be gardening, uh, foraging, uh, you know, game processing, uh, livestock processing, livestock itself, that kind of thing. Uh, it's something that we need to get back and something that we as a nation need to start doing. Uh, I saw a statistic like, you know, it was in 1940, 60% of uh, Americans grew uh, most of their vegetables for the year, uh, and then now it's like less than two. So, and I even think 2% is a high number, to be honest with you. Um, so, it's something that, you know, it's it makes you think. It's something to watch. You know, you can watch other people's failures and see where your shortcomings may be uh, in regards to, to the Alone series. So, uh, it's something that's definitely got me hooked. Uh, I went and started watching. I'm going to start watching the other seasons on Hulu uh, because uh, only season eight is on uh, Netflix. The rest are on Hulu. Uh, so I'm going to be watching the rest of the seasons. Uh, but if you haven't already, check out Alone. Like I said, obviously, it's on Hulu and Netflix. I watched it on Netflix, though. And uh, definitely, like I said, check it out. See what you could do. Maybe and some I want to do. Like I'm gonna wait until it gets a little cooler here because I don't want to have swamp ass uh, here in in the deep south. But when it gets a little cooler and gets to hunting time, uh, I'm thinking about uh, just doing like a, a weekend trip uh, in the woods at the like either national forest or a wildlife management area, uh, and just you know primitive camping and doing some hunting uh, with a bow that kind of thing, and uh, just test myself. So check it out. Uh, Hulu, Netflix series is called Alone, uh, and put yourself to the test. Let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Gentlemen, I greatly appreciate you for listening to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. Again, sorry for uh, the technical difficulties I've had. Sorry for the breaks. Uh, This should all have, this episode is kind of like the test to make sure that I have it all sorted out. And if it's all sorted out, uh, we should be back on schedule every other week. And uh, maybe uh, come, you know, uh, wintertime. Again, my goal is to, is to try and make this a weekly podcast and also uh, start doing some videos. So that's my goals. So let me know if you have any uh, anything that you want to see. I actually got some like, I love memes because if you look at my social media, uh, by the way, check it out, Instagram, 
uh, Facebook to a lifestyle. Follow us there. Um, I'm planning on uh, making some like skits, some funny skits uh, for my videos. So be looking out for that. Uh, also, check us out on Patreon. Anything you guys give us on Patreon, it goes directly into this podcast to make sure that it is still puttering along. Uh, and then go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to. Leave us a review. If you uh, leave us a review on Spotify, just, you know, it's just stars. You don't have to leave us anything. And with iTunes, uh, I greatly appreciate if you could just leave just a one-sentence review. Uh, that is uh, the best way for people to find us whenever they're looking for gun-related content on their podcast platform. And until then, I will see you guys in two weeks. And then keep on enjoying that 2A lifestyle. Yeah.